What is going on 49ers fans and faithful? It is your boy Perry back with another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. As always guys, follow me on Twitter, 49ers Perry, that's obviously the team name, 49ers, and then Perry, P-E-R-R-Y altogether. So, it's really hard to talk about with what happened with this 49ers team, you guys. I mean, 43-17 to to the Miami Dolphins, that is... uh, that is unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm truly shocked. I am absolutely shocked at how poorly the team played both on offense and defense. And it's really hard to point out what went right for the team. I mean, a couple of guys stood out, I guess. Raheem Mostert had a pretty good day considering everything that went on. Um, Kendrick Bourne had a touchdown. Kerry Hyder had a sack. And if you really look just at the box score I could cherry pick every significant stat I want that came out for the Niners but the bottom line is that the Niners just did not look good you guys they did not look good at all looking at the numbers right now on offense 19 first downs which is all right I guess although a lot of that was kind of garbage time when clearly it didn't matter the team was 2 for 10 on third down 0 for 2 on fourth down something that continues to be a problem 249 yards of total offense and as a whole you guys it was just it was atrocious to watch this was the first time in what I thought was a long time that I really just did not want to watch the 49ers and and I can't believe I'm even saying that but the fact of the matter is that this 49ers team just they looked beat that was the bottom line is they looked beat and I can't tell you even though I'm going a little too far already but talking about the defense right now, seeing the guys get all hyped up and getting a sack on Ryan Fitzpatrick or a pass breakup when they're down by like 20, I was like, guys, I don't think that is the necessary time to be celebrating when you guys are getting your butts whooped. And I get it. It's really hard to be positive in that type of situation. And maybe I'm just being a stickler, but you kind of wanted to see that these guys are down and they're not happy that they're losing to a team that they just should have beat. And it was really an atrocious performance through and through you guys. So let's kind of get into it. Let's start with the offense. As I said, over 250 yards of offense, which is terrible. It's terrible for this team whose entire offensive unit coming into this game was healthy and reportedly healthy. But Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, the offensive line, everyone on that offense was healthy. Not a single person stood out. Not one person on offense stood out outside of Raheem Mostert, who finished with 11 carries for 90 yards. Kind of like a typical Mostert game. I mean, he had a big carry of 37 yards, but as a whole, he was still having himself a really nice day. Out of the past catchers, the leading receivers were Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle with 44 yards each, three and four catches respectively. Followed by Kendrick Bourne, two catches for 30 yards and one touchdown. Raheem Mostert also had 29 yards on three catches. So looking at these numbers, guys, it was just a very disappointing performance from the offense through and through. Coming into this game, the Miami Dolphins' defense as a whole was ranked 31st in the league. 31st in overall defensive efficiency, according to Football Outsiders. And you can't tell me that this 49ers team should have or put up 17 points. That is just embarrassing man and i'll tell you this entire podcast right now is just going to be me ragging on the 49ers but i'm just being critical you guys and from what we saw and i think everyone can kind of agree that like i said earlier this 49ers team just does not look watchable right now and we saw what happened against the eagles that was a really frustrating game where it was like okay they had some flashes but they still didn't put it all together 
and you come into this game and it seems like they just took everything apart. I mean, the foundation of the team, the offensive line struggled. Jimmy Garoppolo did not look like himself. No one was really putting in any effort outside of Raheem Mostert to go out there and really step up on offense. And you let guys like Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, who are really good cornerbacks, don't get me wrong, both of those guys are really good DBs, but you walk them out there like they are the number one and two cornerbacks in the entire NFL, and I don't think either one of them are quite at that level. And those two guys ran out there, and they just owned the 49ers offense. You guys, they absolutely went out there and just, they dominated, man. They just simply, point blank, embarrassed the offense. Xavier Howard had an interception off Jimmy Garoppolo. Bobby McCain, cornerback, had an interception off Garoppolo as well. As a whole, the offense was just, It was atrocious, man, and I kind of want to go into Jimmy Garoppolo's play a little bit before I talk about the offensive line, but Jimmy just looked, man, he looked really bad, you guys. Two interceptions, 7 for 17, what, 77 yards? It was just not a good day from Garoppolo, and a lot of criticism is going to go into him, and quite frankly, the coaching staff as well. This was one of those games where I saw Jimmy, and it was like, I didn't see that fierce competitiveness in him. I didn't see that that kind of radiating energy that comes off of him when he's going out there and trying to play the game of football. And I really don't want to speculate on anything, but it feels like that based off of the way he was throwing and playing, I don't know if that ankle injury is 100% healed, you guys. It feels like that they rushed him out there. You put a guy who's already hurt behind a really bad offensive line and it's just going to look like a poop show through and through. And that's what we saw. We didn't see any bootleg ran by Kyle Shanahan, something that really just resembles his offense. And I think a lot of that was because Jimmy Garoppolo just couldn't move. This was the first game I've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo where he just looked like a statue in the pocket. And I mean, don't get me wrong, the offensive line wasn't helping him at all, but Regardless of that, you see when the play breaks down, Jimmy tends to get a little more antsy and anxious and really try to move and make something happen, and he kind of did, but it resulted in a sack or it resulted in a QB hit where nothing came out of the play, and 7 of 17, 77 yards is all you need to know about Jimmy Garoppolo's performance, man. It, It was just really bad. Jimmy did not look like himself. I do feel like his ankle injury has a lot to do with it we see guys who come off of high ankle sprains it takes about four to six weeks well Jimmy Garoppolo only missed two weeks of football and he still didn't look like he was fully healed you guys he did not look like he was ready to play and I think the team might have just rushed him out there that's the bottom line and it's kind of scary that the team really just forced him into a situation where it seemed like he wasn't ready but when you're 2-2 two and two coming into this game, everything just feels like win-now mode. This is a competitive Super Bowl team that just obviously went to the Super Bowl last season. They retained the vast majority of the players. They retained almost all of their coaching staff. And they went out there and just laid an egg against a terrible Miami Dolphins team. And that's not to take away from the Miami Dolphins, but the Dolphins themselves just aren't a ready team yet. They still have a lot of rebuilding they're doing. But I'll tell you guys, they went out there and they looked like that they were ready to make the playoffs and really ready to make a statement. Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins, has those guys playing really hard. That defense was just ferocious, man. One thing I will point out, the last time Jimmy Garoppolo played a former New England Patriots head coach, 
as far off the top of my head, Matt Patricia, he threw a lot of different defensive blitzes at him where it was just trying to confuse Jimmy Garoppolo, trying to throw off his reads and really throw him off his game. And we saw a lot of that today, or a lot of that from the last game against the Dolphins where Brian, Brian Flores was just blitzing Garoppolo all afternoon. And yes, I will say that a lot of that is a product of terrible offensive line play. Kyle Shanahan said it himself, two or three sacks that the team gave up came off of miscommunication from the offensive line, and that was Shanahan's exact words. Shanahan, guys, you are five games into the season, and we are still having miscommunication on the offensive line. The offensive line that only lost Joe Staley and quote-unquote arguably improved by adding Trent Williams, this line is the same exact line that took him to the Super Bowl. And yeah, no Western Rickberg, I get it, but this unit shouldn't be performing this poorly. It is it is a big level of concern. As of right now, the, uh, the 49ers offensive line, according to Football Outsiders, ranks 31st in the entire NFL. 31st. And I don't think it's been updated yet through five weeks, but at the moment, the Niners' defensive line has given up a multitude of sacks so far. They've given up, where are you, 11 sacks. And right now, I don't think that's updated. So I want to say that's about 14 or 15 after this game. Whew, man. It's it's really hard to talk about these guys. But hey, this is what we do. The 49ers offense, I, I tweeted this out earlier in the day. And it got not a lot of criticism, but it got a decent amount of replies where it was like, I feel like that Kyle Shanahan's offenses, just throughout his history, his offenses have been primarily based on his offensive line play. And we see how important having a good offensive line is in football. I mean, that's, you know, the golden key to success outside of a good quarterback. But for Kyle Shanahan in particular, his system has been worked with many quarterbacks, many of which that were really good or really bad. We saw what he did with Brian Hoyer in Texas. We saw what he did with Robert Griffin, who was a rookie. We saw what he did with Kirk Cousins. The list goes on and on, even Johnny Manziel for one year. The point being is that all those years that Shanahan has had in the past, he's had very good offensive lines or even average. And that includes Atlanta too, when he had Matt Ryan. And yeah, he had a great offense in general in Atlanta, but he also had a really good offensive line. And we kind of saw this last season where, yeah, the offensive line's pass protection broke down more often than not. But when it did hold up and when you gave Jimmy the time to let a play develop, stuff would happen. And a lot of that, I really do believe, is a product of good offensive line play for Kyle Shanahan. But what we're seeing right now, you guys, is an offensive line that can't pass protect. They can't run block. He said it himself. They're miscommunicating. And they're playing like the 32nd ranked offensive line in football. And they're not even 32nd. They're 31st. So if this play continues from the offensive line, I really don't know how the team is going to improve going forward. Look, Kyle Shanahan loves play action. He loves running the ball. He loves setting his offense up for the big play in between the 20s. From their 20 to the other team's 20, and you know, field position-wise. But he's not getting that kind of success from the offensive line where they're getting push and they're being tough and they're being aggressive. And I'll tell you, the one play where we saw Raheem Mostert run for 37 yards, that was the best blocking I've seen from the offensive line all season, I thought. It was a run, it was an outside zone stretch run to the left where Trent Williams and Lakin Tomlinson both pulled with Raheem Mostert and they were lead blocking and they just got the job done. 
So when you see something like that happen, it really gets you excited and makes you go, wow, look, they just executed. They finally did something. This finally gives me hope. And at that time, I think it was 14 to nothing. So, the you know, hope wasn't thrown out the window. We really thought that the team still had a chance to win. But at the end of the day, the offensive line let the offense down. Jimmy Garoppolo let the offense down. Everyone really just let the team down, including Kyle Shanahan. And <laughs> referencing another tweet I pointed out, but I had talked about how this offense could use a mobile playmaker to really just move the pocket and help create and help kind of mask those offensive line plays. A lot of people brought it up, but they were saying, well, a mobile playmaker is someone like Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson. And it's like, that's kind of, and obviously Mahomes too, but what they feast off of is being able to create when nothing is there. Garoppolo hurt or not isn't that type of quarterback he's not the type of guy who can run out to the left or run out to the right when his offensive protection breaks down and he's just not quick enough to really roll out and make something on the run happen and look we've seen that happen we saw him do it quite a bit last season when the protection broke down and he made some tremendous throws but the fact of the matter is that if this is going to be the trend that the offensive line is going to play in which their play just regresses and keeps going down and down and down, with all due respect to Jimmy Garoppolo, you guys, I don't know if he can last the whole season. He's already pretty injury prone as it is. He just finally played his first full season last year. He's already missed two and a half games this year. And right now, Kyle Shanahan didn't sound too confident that he was going to play when he brought up the fact that he's hoping Jimmy Garoppolo will be ready to suit up against the Rams. And if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo against the Rams, it's CJ Beathard who they're going to throw out to the Wolves. And you know, you guys, I'll tell you something bringing up the bootleg action I did earlier. I didn't see that one time from Jimmy Garoppolo when he was in the game against the Dolphins. When C.J. Beathard came in, no joke. I, I'm almost positive the first play of the game was a bootleg to his right. We see what happens when Shanahan sets up that play action. Good things happen. Obviously, C.J. Beathard doesn't hurt, so he's more mobile and really can move that play down. But again, we see the success of the offense is built off of run blocking and play action I do above and beyond believe Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Beathard and he's a better quarterback than Mullins but he's only better if he's healthy the bottom line is that you can't throw out someone like Jimmy Garoppolo who's hurt and expect him to contribute and do everything he can on offense we saw Patrick Mahomes last season and I'm going to take this with a grain of salt because Mahomes is the best quarterback in football but I will say that he was playing on a bum knee for a few games and he still looked the part and he still got the job done. And I know it's apples and oranges to compare the two, but the point being is that Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to, at least the money he's making, and it's a lot, he's expected to transcend his position in the sense that he can carry the team and just bring success as a whole. And yes, we saw that last season where Jimmy Garoppolo became that guy who had to throw the ball 30 or 35 times, and he did win those games, once against the Rams, once against the Saints, and also against the Cardinals in the second half of the season. Right now, it doesn't feel like Garoppolo, hurt or not, can carry the team on 30 to 35 passes. I'll tell you guys, from what I saw from the offensive line, if Jimmy Garoppolo was playing on a healthy ankle, I still don't know if this team would have came out with a victory, and... It's hard to blame the quarterback for a loss because the offensive line was that bad, 
but we see what happens when Jimmy Garoppolo is pressured inside the pocket. He's made some really, really good throws against pressure, and he has also made some of those so-called Jimmy throws where he just throws it right to a linebacker, right into double coverage where it's just an easy interception, and that came off of pressure. So it's really hard to get a base off of what we want from Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously, we want him to be successful, but at the same time, Kyle Shanahan can only push Jimmy Garoppolo so far. And we saw that against the Dolphins where even if he was hurt, Kyle Shanahan can't scheme around injuries. He can't scheme around a bad offensive line. And the point of the matter is that he can't scheme around what Jimmy Garoppolo cannot do. He can do as much as he can, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, can do as much as he can to really put the offense in a good position where He's calling his best plays. He's calling end arounds to wide receivers, and he's really giving everyone the ball. But at the end of the day, when you expect Garoppolo to go out there and make plays, he hasn't done it. He didn't do it against Arizona. He did it for one half against a terrible New York Jets team where I'm not going to take that too serious because the Jets are just awful. And he couldn't do it against the Miami Dolphins team, Hurt, who came in with a very bad defense. So... It's really a big toss-up, you guys. I mean, week one, we saw a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, who we can argue was okay, rusty. But even off that rust, you guys, he looked really bad. And then we saw good Jimmy against a bad defense in the New York Jets. And then we saw really bad Jimmy, who was hurt against a bad Dolphins defense. It's like we've seen three different versions of Jimmy Garoppolo, and yet we cannot get a gauge on the type of quarterback he's going to be this season. Is he going to be the guy we saw against Arizona where he's just pretty skittish and rusty? Are we going to see the one half of New York Jets Jimmy where he was really good? Or are we going to see the Miami Dolphins Jimmy where if he's hurt or even just sore on that leg or whatever injury he may have, it's going to be a a crapshoot through and through. It's, it's really scary, guys. It really is. And I want to point out that Jimmy Garoppolo after this season is very expendable in terms of his contract. He's going to make, I want to say, $27 million next year. And his dead cap off the top of my head is only $1.5 million if he gets cut or traded. So the 49ers have a lot of options they can go. Obviously, I don't want to make this podcast sound like they should just throw in the towel. But I will say that if this trend of bad offense, bad offensive line bad quarterback play continues it might be time to look at other options at quarterback going forward again good quarterbacks can work with anything they have and I don't even want to talk about generational quarterbacks like Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers but Russell Wilson who came in as a third round draft pick was able to work with everything he's had and he's really been able to feast behind a terrible offensive line for the majority of his career and yeah you could argue that Russell Wilson is or isn't a generational quarterback but I want to make the point clear that guys who are physically gifted at quarterbacks who are just simple athletes who can move the pocket and scramble and make plays on the run That's the type of quarterback I think this 49ers team is missing, you guys. I really do believe that. And we even saw Colin Kaepernick years ago where we saw a guy who wasn't exactly a scrambler-type quarterback like Mahomes and Russell Wilson are. I mean, Kaepernick was a really fast runner, and he was a really good athlete. But even we then saw a quarterback who had that kind of mobility be able to make plays outside the pocket and throw the ball on the run. And we saw the success of the offense at the time when Kaepernick was on one and he just looked really good. It was, it worked out for the 49ers. Well, I'll tell you, CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, and Jimmy Garoppolo are not that kind of guy at all. 
And it's a really hot debate, I want to say, but I I personally think the pocket quarterback in the NFL is dying. You don't really see those type of quarterbacks anymore. And I'll, okay, so again, I'm going to keep referencing these guys. Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Breeze, all those guys are natural, well not natural, but they're good pocket passers who can make plays happen in the pocket. But when they have to make a play with their feet, they can do it. They can break the pocket and do something on the run or throw the ball on the run. None of the quarterbacks on the 49ers can do that in my opinion. Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he can run slower than Tom Brady. C.J. Beathard, if he breaks the pocket, is an instant interception or sack. And Nick Mullins is arguably the same as Jimmy Garoppolo, but with better decision-making and a terrible arm. None of those guys that the Niners have on the roster really transcend the offense, and they really transcend their position. And so long as the Niners don't address that, or even just simply address the offensive line, if they don't do one or the other, the Niners are going to regress and look exactly how they did under Jim Tomsula, look exactly how they did under Chip Kelly, and even further back when the team was just as bad under Mike Singletary. So a lot of decisions is to be made on the offense, you guys. Coming up against the Rams, I don't know if I want to throw Jimmy Garoppolo out there. Guys like Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, they're going to have themselves one hell of a day against our terrible offensive line. And talking about the offensive line a little bit, I don't know what's going on with Trent Williams, man. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if he's just not in his head right now because Trent Williams has looked like a bottom 15 tackle. I'm sorry. We saw like one good run blocking play for Mostert and maybe a couple of good pass blocking snaps for Trent Williams. But outside of that, it's been really bad for him. And same goes for the rest of the offensive line. Lakin Tomlinson, bad in pass protection. Ben Garland, average, okay. Daniel Brunskill keeps, I'm sorry, but keeps getting his ass kicked all day, every week. Daniel Brunskill is just, I don't know if he's just a better backup tackle or just a better backup because he does not look like he should be a starting right guard in the NFL. And finally, that leaves me with Mike McGlinchey, who comes in with a really good run blocking grade according to PFF. It is over an 80, so McGlinchey is still doing his job as a run blocker, but his pass blocking grade is a 55 according to PFF. And I don't think we need to look at the eye test to know that Mike McGlinchey is just not a complete tackle. He really isn't. One thing I heard about Kyle Shanahan's offense is that he tries to make it as easy as possible for these guys to get their jobs done. It's a little confusing from what I've heard, but overall, these guys are going out there and being set up for success. That's what Kyle Shanahan wants from his offensive line. That's what he, that's what he tries to do for his offensive line, and none of those guys are executing. I said it earlier, but we're in week five of the season, and these offensive line is still miscommunicating. They're still allowing their quarterbacks to get hit. Guys aren't picking up assignments properly, and they're literally playing like a 31st-ranked offensive line. That's that's all I can say about the unit, and when that happens, the quarterback is going to do bad, the wide receivers aren't going to have time to get open, the tight ends aren't even going to be able to help block, and it's like, George Kittle himself can only do so much, you guys, I mean, he's still a fantastic blocker, he's still a fantastic receiver, but you can't ask a tight end to be blocking the whole time, and you can't ask someone like him of his caliber to go out there and help as much as he can. Ross Dwelly's not a good blocker. Charlie Warner, who we haven't even heard of at all off all season so far. And I get that they drafted him to be a blocking tight end, but right now he looks like he shouldn't even be on the roster because he's not doing anything. Ross Dwelly, a good receiving option. 
isn't doing anything. So that really just leaves George Kittle and Raheem Mostert to carry the offense. And that's not to shame Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk, but the problem with both of those guys is that they don't have a quarterback who's really getting them the ball. And even when they even when they do get carries off of end arounds, they still aren't doing anything with it because they aren't getting any blocking. And you have guys like Ayuk and Debo who feast on open field play, but they can't get any open field because no one's blocking for them and they don't have time to make a play because on end arounds, they're getting hit five yards in the backfield and getting back to the line of scrimmage. How can you expect those guys to really perform if no one else is helping them? And all of these problems for the offense alone has to be resting on Kyle Shanahan's shoulders, you guys. I mean... I don't want to shame Kyle Shanahan. He's still a top five offensive play caller, in my opinion, and I think in the rest of the league's opinion as well. But we see that everything around him is falling apart, and he can only do so much as a head coach and an offensive play caller when when nothing is working for him. So to only score 17 points against the Miami Dolphins, overall, you guys, it was just a brutal showing for the offense. I don't know if it's quarterback play offensive line play Kyle Shanahan's play calling or what it is to blame for the offense but right now I will tell you that I think it is everyone's fault again no one is executing no one is stepping up to the challenge and really taking the game by their hands and just just dominating you guys no one is dominating we saw Raheem Mostert look good George Kittle was trying to do everything he could four catches eight targets 44 yards for Kittle nothing nothing he could not do anything at all because the Miami Dolphins defense was daring Jimmy Garoppolo and CJ Beathard to throw and he was getting a lot of underneath stuff where Kittle couldn't really do anything and that's just it's a product of the offensive line it's a product of quarterback play and it's it's a tough toss-up you guys I mean Jimmy Garoppolo looked bad he looked bad bottom line but when he was getting pass protection when he did get those few seconds that feels like never happened for 49ers quarterbacks this season those few seconds he's getting he doesn't really make anything of it when Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing the ball against the Dolphins he looked like they he looked like he was throwing as hard as Nick Mullins and I I can't believe I'm saying that but it looked like his mechanics were off it looks like his footwork was off he wasn't planting he wasn't driving he wasn't driving off that bad ankle and again that raises the question was Jimmy Garoppolo still hurt was he not 100 percent and I hate speculating, but it really felt like he wasn't 100%. So much has to be determined what's going to happen with this offense. They got to play the Rams next week on Sunday Night Football. That'll be hell of a doozy, and I don't want to say the Niners are getting embarrassed, but if they lose to the Rams, it might be time to start looking at the big picture. You got veteran contracts that are expiring or aging out. Richard Sherman is still yet to play. I think he played half against the Arizona or three quarters, and that was it. D. Ford hasn't played. Obviously, Nick Bosa is gone. Jimmy Ward and Chikwaski Tart are doing the best they can, but they can't really step up because they're getting no help on from the rest of the defense. Poor Fred Warner out there looks like he wants to just he wants to be the guy and play every single position he can, but Fred Warner is getting no help from anyone else. And that this kind of leads me into defense right now, you guys. Is the defense just gave up forty three points to Ryan Fitzmagic? Shout out to Ryan Fitzmagic for turning the clock back 10 years or even just one year because he has incredible games when he's on fire. He finished 22 of 28 for 350 yards and three touchdowns. Ryan Fitzpatrick, have yourself a drink, man. This guy, man, this guy, 
But overall, it was the secondary that was just getting torched for the 49ers, you guys. I I don't know why Robert Sala left Brian Allen out there to dry. He's a 6'3 cornerback, I believe, out of Iowa, who coming into the game, at least on Twitter, he was really excited to go out there and ball out. And ball out he did, man. He balled out for the other team. Ryan Fitzmat. Fitzpatrick, I want to keep saying that. Ryan Fitzpatrick was going out there and making Brian Allen look like a fool. He, If the NFL had a shacked in a fool moment, I think Brian Allen would be on the top five plays in at least three of them. Ryan Fitzpatrick was just targeting him all afternoon. And guys like Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, Jakeen Grant, they were all having really good days against the secondary and Brian Allen, who didn't get benched until the end of the first quarter, I want to say. Just just get torched. Everyone on the secondary got torched except for Jason Verrett, who looked like he was doing, like Warner, everything he could to have himself a day, and he just couldn't. Jason Verrett just, again, he just did everything he could to go out there, and he, he just, no man on defense can really single-handedly carry. And it was really, really stunning to see how poorly Robert Sala's defense went out there and just laid an egg preston williams four catches 106 yards i love preston williams i think he's a fantastic wide receiver who has a lot of tangibles but 106 yards on four catches come on guys mike Gesicki, a really good athletic tight end but overall he hadn't had that much of a season five catches 91 yards he had a 70 yard reception as well unbelievable you guys absolutely unbelievable Outside of Brian Allen, the cornerback's terrible play. It felt like coverages were breaking down. The defense, we were missing assignments. The defensive line was pressuring Fitzpatrick, I thought, but they weren't hitting home. He only got sacked twice on the day, once by Quan Alexander, once by Kerry Hyder. But that was at the end of the game, near the second half, when it didn't really matter. The entire first half, you guys, was just absolutely dominated by the Miami Dolphins. At the end of the half, it was 30-7. to the Dolphins put up 30 points against the 49ers unit that still came in as a really good defensive unit. And the problem with me about the defense was that they were able to shut down the New York teams. They were able to make Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, and that team not look that good outside of DeAndre Hopkins. And Carson Wentz himself didn't even look that good when they played on Sunday night or Monday night, whenever it was. It feels like forever ago. The bottom line is that the defense still came into this game riding high, looking really good on the season, in my opinion, and they were awful. They were truly, truly awful. And I want to raise some questions about just the decision-making for the defense, you guys. I mean, why did Robert Sala leave Brian Allen out there for so long? The second part of it, why was Akilah Witherspoon not playing right away? I know he came in questionable with a hamstring injury, but dude, this is football. Dante Whitner said it himself, Akello Witherspoon is S-O-F-T, soft. Akello Witherspoon is soft. I'm sorry, but if you're going to go out there, say you're ready to play, say you want to ball out, say you want to play for this team and just not play, it's like, dude, you see your man and Brian Allen going out there and getting his ass kicked. Coach him up. Step in for him. Tell the coaches, hey, look, this guy is not doing well. I feel good. I want to go out there and play. And it took Brian Allen four to five targets, and I think he gave up all five catches, maybe even more. It, it took Brian Allen to get his ass beat for Akella Witherspoon to finally come in. And now, I bet Witherspoon didn't even want to play. 
I'm sorry, but when you don't have that mentality, when you don't have that dog mentality to go out there and play, you're going to get your ass beat. And I feel bad for Brian Allen. I really do. I know he looked awful. I know it was basically his first career game in a 49ers uniform going up in what we all thought was a pretty easy matchup. But he went out there and he just got embarrassed. And the defense just hung him out there to dry. Robert Sala hung him out there to dry and let Brian Allen just take all the heat. And it was sad. It was really, really sad. And that raises the next question is, where were those in-game adjustments? Where is Robert Sala taking all of his players off to the side and going, look, we just got put 30 points in one half against an offense that was ranked bottom 20 in the league. What? Where's the adjustments? What's going on, guys? We need to figure something out because this isn't cutting it. I'll tell you, at halftime, Robert Sala probably didn't even talk to anyone on the defense. And I'm getting really hard here, you guys, but I will tell you, it was really bad. It was really bad to let the Dolphins score 30 points. So one thing I want to say is that Jimmy Garoppolo's two interceptions came literally on their last two drives where the Dolphins scored a whopping six points off of those two interceptions, two field goals. So I'm not going to credit Garoppolo's mishaps, if you will, for six points. I will tell you, though, that even if those didn't happen, the Dolphins still put up 24 that is a that's terrible. This defense should not be giving up 24 points in one half to Miami Dolphins offense that came in really underwhelming, came in all right. But you have a really old Ryan Fitzpatrick who came in with a terrible offensive line, and that offensive line looked like they would be able to block Aaron Donald and everyone else. And I know they wouldn't be able to, but the point being is that no one on defense was stepping up outside of Fred Warner and Jason Verrett. No one was stepping up. And I can go on and on about the defense because no one looked good. The only good thing about the defense, I guess, is that they gave up 94 rushing yards. So there's a little hope. There's a little hope that the defensive line can get a lot of push in terms of defending a run. But when it comes to passing, Ryan Fitzpatrick and any quarterback is going to have all the time in the world to get a throw off. They're going to have all the time in the world to challenge our cornerbacks because our cornerbacks are just bad. They're really bad. Jason Verrett is okay, but he's not a world beater. Brian Allen looks like he's going to get cut and never play in the NFL again. Akilah Witherspoon doesn't even want to play. Jamar Taylor, the backup nickel cornerback for K1 Williams. I, I like I like Jamar Taylor, but again, he's not K1 Williams. He's not going to go out there and impress you. So this, Dolph- this Dolphins offense just came in with a lot of hope and confidence and ready to just kick our ass. And you know what, you guys? The Miami Dolphins offense kicked our ass. Bottom line, Brian Flores came in and coached that offense like they were ready to win the Super Bowl. That is really, really, really sad. As a unit, the Niners only got two sacks. They got six, six and a half tackles for loss if you count a half sack. Or I guess a half TFL apparently. So they did okay. But a lot of that was just at the end of the game when it didn't matter. And the game was out of reach entirely. And I, I'm just appalled i'm absolutely appalled at how bad the 49ers played no one stepped up no one looked like they wanted to go out there and win and it raises the question as a whole for the entire team is where are the adjustments what is going on with this coaching staff what is going on with these guys to where these guys want to win because right now i don't think the 49ers want to win 
I, I really firmly do not believe this 49ers wants to go out there. This entire team want to go out there and make it back to the Super Bowl, let alone even the playoffs. You know, what gets me is that they did all this chattering and all this talk about the revenge tour and how much they want to show up everyone and prove everyone wrong and show that we deserve to be back there. Well, I'll tell you right now, the Niners look like they want to be the first team on the NFL draft to go up there and pick Trevor Lawrence. That's that's how bad it is. I, I just don't see the fire and energy from this 49ers team like we did last season. And it's five weeks into the year. Five weeks into the football year, and still nothing has impressed me. Nothing. I'm not even going to credit the New York wins because both of those New York teams right now are 0-10. They don't have a single win. The last time a New York team won in a New York stadium, it was an XFL team. They aren't even in the NFL. So that's how bad the 49ers are. They are 0-3 at home. They are 2-0 on the road. Who who would have thought? And there's there's just no fire. There's no energy from these guys. It doesn't feel like anyone wants to win. It doesn't feel like anyone wants to go out there and make a name for themselves. And it, it's just a shame. It really is. And I don't, it, it's hard for me to really say this, but right now I don't know if the 49ers want to go out there and win football games. That's how low I feel this team is right now regarding their play, regarding their confidence, everything of that nature. And I'm kind of going to wrap it up here a little bit, but I want to say that the offense looked really bad. Jimmy Garoppolo, even playing on a hurt ankle, he, he didn't look good. He looked good, or he didn't look good, I'm sorry. He did not look like he was ready to play, and even if he was healthy, I still don't know if he was ready to play. No one on offense could get the ball going because the offensive line looked like they couldn't even block a sneeze, and Jimmy Garoppolo looked like he was throwing in Chicago against 50 mile per hour wins. He had no arm strength, nothing. His mechanics looked bad, and he looked bad. And I'm going to put some blame on Kyle Shanahan too. I don't know what part of him or what part of the team doctors he thought was ready to put Garoppolo out there, but Garoppolo just got thrown to the wolves. He got thrown into the fire, and he just got put under the bus. So you put out a guy in C.J. Beathard who looked okay against the Eagles, but he looked like C.J. Beathard, and you put him out there, and he doesn't do much. He doesn't really have time to do much because the offensive line is blocking so bad. So it's hard to really find who I can blame on the offense. But right now, the offensive line is bad. Quarterback play is bad. No one else is stepping up. And it, it just sucks, you guys. It really sucks for the offense. And, you know, it sounds like I'm crying. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'm just really upset. And I'm sure a lot of you guys can agree with this too. But I'm sure you guys are really upset also. And I don't blame you guys. This is a Super Bowl team with a Super Bowl coaching staff who came in with a lot of expectations. And looking at the rest of their schedule, they got the Rams, they got the Patriots, they got the Seahawks, they got the Bills and Saints and Packers. I That's five to six losses I can see right there. And I don't know if this team can, can even win four games. I really don't. That might be a slight overreaction, but I said earlier, a lot of Kyle Shanahan's offense, I really believe, is predicated on offensive line play, more so than quarterback play. And if he has a bad offensive line and this offense is going to look as stale as it is, I really don't know if the Niners offense can even put up 20 points. I was surprised they even put up 20 against the Eagles, but the Eagles are terrible. I'm surprised they scored more than 30 against the Jets and Giants, but that's because both of those teams are just as bad. So my confidence right now with the Niners is not anywhere near where it was two or three weeks ago, even with all those injuries. 
And it just seems like once Nick Bosa went down, once Solomon Thomas went down, the entire team went down. And that's going to push me over to the defense right now is where is the energy? Where is the spark? I saw those guys celebrating on the field when they got a sack like Quan Alexander did when the game was 20 plus points out of reach middle in the third quarter when it really felt like hope was lost. So I get you want to celebrate and I get you want to be happy. But dude, get your head out of your butt and realize that that is not the time to celebrate because this team needs a spark. They need some kind of energy. And if that if that was Quan Alexander's feeble attempt at celebrating and trying to get his team hyped up, okay, I, I will give you I will give you props. I give you props for trying. But I want to see that energy in the first half. I want to see that energy even when the Dolphins are kicking your ass. I want to see you go out there and try and hype the team up as much as you can. And if you're going to get your ass kicked, pout, look down, represent the team. Because no person deserves to be sad on an NFL field. But you better sure as hell realize that celebrating a sack when it doesn't matter isn't going to get you anywhere. And that that really just is it, you guys. It's really frustrating. But I want to close out with my my last few key points here before I really wrap it up. Questions are raised amongst his coaching staff. Questions are raised amongst the players. Can Kyle Shanahan coach around his offensive line? Can he coach around in injuries to really get the wins? We saw what happened when this team was injured. When Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL, everything just went down. We saw what happened in the first year of his regime when guys were unhealthy and he didn't really have a staff. Nothing looked good. Nothing looked good at all. So can Kyle Shanahan transcend the coaching position and make adjustments on the fly? Can he make it work with C.J. Beathard? Can he make it work with a terrible offensive line? Kyle, you have Debo Samuel. You have Brandon Ayuk. You have George Kittle. You have Raheem Mostert. You have Jared McKinnon. You have Jeff Wilson. I can go on and on with these with these guys, Kyle Shanahan, but you got to make something happen with these guys somehow. They're wasting away all these guys on the season that already feels lost. And I don't want them to throw in a towel. I don't want them to see and use the hashtag tank for two or tank for Tua, tank for T-Law or tank for Trey Lance. But the bottom line is that there's no hope on offense. And this defense isn't good enough to sustain bad offensive play. Everything about the team is bad. Everything about the way the team is playing is poorly. This offense looks like they can't score 20 points. The defense, after playing the Dolphins, looks like they can't even stop a nosebleed. And the Niners just look like they're on a downward path to play like a bottom five team. They really do. That's just the reality of this team is that if they're going to continue to play this way, I don't really know if there's any hope at all. So I I know I'm kind of ranting, but my key points here, guys, can Kyle Shanahan make adjustments and transcend a coaching position? Is Jimmy Garoppolo the answer? Even if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, how good is he with the bad offensive line? And you can blame the line all you want, but the bottom line is that they're paying Garoppolo a lot of money to, right now, not be good and be hurt all the time. So can Garoppolo succeed? Can he can he exceed expectations and really show everyone that he doesn't need a good line to play well he has the weapons i want to see the performance out of jimmy garoppolo so can garoppolo step up moving on to the defense will robert sala get his head out of his butt and realize that he needs to step up as a coach 
the play calling isn't working. He doesn't have the same personnel. He's not making adjustments. Can Robert Sala go out there? Can he step up, make the adjustments on the fly, and show to us why he, why we all thought he deserved to be a head coaching candidate after last season? He brought the fire and energy when that defensive line was there. He brought the fire and energy when those guys were performing. Is Robert Sala a really good defensive coordinator, or is he just a product of good defensive line play? Any coach can be good with a good defensive line. Any coach can be bad with a bad defense. Any coach can be good with a bad defense. You can flip everything how you want it, but the bottom line is that Robert Sala was very good with the defensive line. Right now, he looks exactly like how he did when he first came in with the team. Bad defensive line, bad defense. Can he transcend his own position and take it to the next level? And lastly for the defense, will anyone step up? Will anyone in that cornerback room step up? Sherman look, had a setback. I don't know if he's going to play much longer. Jason Verrett, you can only bank on his health for so long. Akella Witherspoon looks like he doesn't want to play. That leaves Kwan Williams, who is not an outside cornerback. He's a slot corner who is very good at his position. Can, can he lock down the fort? I don't expect that from a slot corner. Will someone on the defensive line step up? Kerry Hyder Jr. is. Eric Armstead is. Where is anyone else? I won't blame Javon Kinlaw. He's a rookie who's trying his best. No one else is stepping up on this line. No one. At all. It is a true embarrassment, and I, I don't know if I believe in the unit. You have guys like Fred Warner, who is playing his butt off, who is playing like a top-two middle linebacker, who should be an all-pro after this year. Dre Greenlaw, playing hurt, looked pretty good. Aziz Alshair, the backup linebacker, I believe he played a snap or two. Okay. Even on special teams, he was okay. And then Quan Alexander, who looks like he will either intercept the ball, get a sack, or bust a coverage. Pick one, buddy. Be a good linebacker or be a bad one. The bottom line is that this defense as a whole is not ready. They are not ready through five weeks of the season, and they look like they cannot stop a nosebleed, and they look like they don't just want to go out there and play. That's it. That That's pretty much it, you guys. That's um. This was a brutal episode. I'm sorry. It was a really brutal episode, but... The reality of it is that I don't know if this team is capable to make the playoffs. I really don't. And I don't want to see this team go 8-8 eight and eight just to blow playoff position and draft in the middle when I, I personally think right now that cornerback, offensive line, and quarterback, I, I'm sorry, but quarterback are their biggest needs. Next time we record a podcast, I'll have my good friend Zach Hernan on it. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it today due to technical difficulties. But thanks for listening, guys. It was tough. It was a really tough podcast to talk about how bad the Niners looked. But I will tell you that I did have a lot of fun. It, it's frustrating. It really is. And I know I'm talking so bad about the team, like all hope is lost. But it's they're still 2-3. and three. They still have hope. They can still go out there and win this tough stretch of games and go 4-6 and six and come back and be or four and two, I'm sorry, and come back and be what, six and five? Six and four? So there's some hope for the team. I wanna say there's hope, but right now it just feels like that hope is dwindling, guys. But again, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Appreciate the feedback. Leave comments, leave five star reviews. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know how you feel about the 49ers team and if you think there's there's still hope like I kind of believe, or if you really think that all hope is lost and I should start looking for Trevor Lawrence jerseys. But Again, thanks for listening, guys. Follow the 49ers podcast at RGS Pod. Follow me on Twitter, 49ers Perry. That's team name 49ers, P-E-R-R-Y. And as always, guys, thank you, thank you for listening to another edition of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast.